Hi listeners, I have a guest that you're totally going to hear me fangirl over. I could interview the most famous person on the planet in terms of a celebrity and never fangirl at all. But this woman, I definitely did. <laughs> her name is Mia Nielsen and her website is whenhorseschoose.com. She's an amazing, amazing um, horse behaviorist, horse specialist, horse trainer, uh, probably more of a human being trainer to stop behaving as we do that's not so hot that makes life difficult for horses. And she's also a huge advocate. So I definitely recommend you visit her website and take a listen to what she has to say about horses, our behavior, and how our energy affects these wonderful animals. I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. I'm strong enough to Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Good morning, everyone. I have a terrific guest that I just did an introduction for, so you know who she is, but you don't know how I know about her. Listeners, you know that I love my horse and that I'm a person late in life that got a horse and got into the whole world that is a completely different world. And I found Mia by looking on YouTube and was utterly fascinated and wanted to, of course, speak with her. So Mia Nielsen, is it Nielsen or Nelson, Mia? Mia Nielsen. Nielsen. Okay. So Mia Nielsen um, joins us today. Mia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. So you, it just utterly fascinates me how you work with horses. And of course, I want to talk about you know what you've seen in terms of people's mental health being improved by being around them. But um, is this something that you knew when you were a kid that you just had a special relationship with horses? Well, I grew up around horses and I've always loved horses, but just like almost every other child, I um, started my riding career on a riding school. And I loved the horses, so I went there every week, but I didn't really like the training methods. I didn't like that uh, I had a teacher telling me to have a whip or I had to wear spurs. spurs and um, it was kind of a hard way of, uh, of, of, of riding. I didn't find the true relationship with the horses that I was looking for. Mm. So um, after some years, I stopped going to the riding school and instead I got, um, I got to take care of another girl's horse, which I could ride the way I wanted to ride myself. 
and uh, and I developed a relationship with this horse. But it was a really strong horse, so it often ran away with me, and I, and I knew I had to learn something new about okay. the horse to be able to control it. And then um, a little later on, I got when I was seventeen. I became, um, I got the opportunity to go work in a ranch in California. And um, it was Elizabeth Howe, a Danish lady that immigrated to California. And I became her student. And when I came there in, I think it was 94, she had 360 wild Icelandic horses going on a thousand acres of land. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that was where I really started learning about these new methods because she was working with natural horsemanship and, um, and, and I got a job at her place. And I thought I was going to go there and learn how to become a horse trainer. But then she told me my body language wasn't good enough and it wasn't, um, I wasn't doing any, everything right. So instead I had to go out on a thousand acres every day to count the horses and make sure that they were okay. So I did that and, and there was like mountains and I couldn't drive a car through the area. So I had to walk. So I, I spent about maybe five to seven hours a day walking this area, checking the horses, finding them, um, and exiting them off a list. And, and, and I did that for about a year and a half. That was my job. Um, and I had to go and I, and I, had, and I learned to know them. I learned to know the herd, the hierarchy. I saw how do they, the mothers protect their foals and how, how does that group, their little herds, how, how do they work? And how do they move and how do they live? And so I studied them for many hours every day. So in a herd that's, or in a, you know, a huge amount of horses, that number mm-hmm. of horses, how many herds were in that, you know, over 300 horses? Yeah, well, they they don't go together, all of them. But right. It, but it's very clear that they're all a part of the same big herd anyway. They're, they're okay. like split up in, in several little herds. In, in that big herd, there was only uh, geldings and mares and foals because the stallions you had in a whole other place. But then there was like one herd, there was only one mare and one gelding. And she said that they had been going together like that for like seven years. So she wouldn't sell them apart from each other because they were like an old married couple. And, and in another little herd, there was maybe like four mares, three foals and uh, two geldings. So the, the, it would be very different. Some, some little herds that could be like 12 horses, some herds that could be six horses. So there was very different kinds of, um, of, of numbers in the herds. But it was very clear that in every little herd, there was a leader and there was somebody to take over the leadership when the leader was going to take a nap, somebody else stepped up and, and took place and, and watched over the herd. And, and there was somebody in the herd that had like a function of being a babysitter that went away with the foals so that they could play while the other one was sleeping in the middle of the day. And um, they all had those special place in that little herd. That was very clear to see. Hmm. And also if something happened to scare the horses when they were like split up in all these different herds, then in a second, then they were all the horses was the part of the same herd running okay. together. The foals in the middle, the old horses in the middle, the strong ones out 
and we end them in, in front, and, and, and then they were like one third in, in, in a second. That was very special. All the, all the, the, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, work with animals and are training mm -hmm. animals and then they uh, bring in, you know, the, the human being element and uh, many, many, many trainers. In fact, I don't know one that doesn't say that the problem is usually the human. <laughs> yes. So, how keeping this to, you know, just kind of mental health side of mm -hmm. things, how have you seen people that have come in and there's very obviously there's something going on with them and that's sort of transmuted into the horse. Well, I see that all the time because um, I would just very fast finish my story. In the end, of course, when I was working with Elizabeth, I got to work with the horses and, and became a part of the trainers that tamed the horses and, and worked with them. And then later on, I went home to Denmark and I, developed my own training method uh, based on all the studying I did with the wild horses. So I've been working with different behavioral problem horses for the last 20 years in Denmark. And um, so, so it's other people's horses that I work with. And all the time people come to me with horses that have some kind of problem, some issue, it doesn't allow them to get on them or it doesn't it kicks, so it, it's doing something that they don't want it to do. And then it's my job to fix it. And um, a lot of this is all about the person's energy or the person's state of mind. Because if somebody is having a horse and they actually got a little afraid of them, afraid of the horse, then the horse also gets a little afraid. Mm. The, the one thing I've learned by working with horses for so many years is that to be able to control your horse, you have to be able to control your own mind, the, the way you, you, you feel. And um, so if you're nervous, you're stressed, then your horse is nervous and stressed. Just like out in the herd, if one horse is afraid, then the leader horse reacts and all the horses react in a second. Um, yeah. So when I work with people and I teach them to, to work with their horses, then I also have to, to teach them to um, be in the right state of mind and to mm. be calm and, and to, um, to give the horse the energy the horses need. Because we can't work with a horse when you're stressed. Have you seen horses act out um, on other people and, and know that uh, that that energy that they're the acting out is something that's really coming from their owner. Yes, many many times. Mm. So I had a horse, someone else's horse, that never ever ever um, did anything, and I was around this horse for two years and never did anything to me that was negative until I was leaving with my horse to a different place. And yes. the owner was upset with me about that. And her horse turned around and bit me just out of the blue, walked up and took a chomp. Yeah. And I, and I went, whoa. But when I told someone this, they said, you're crazy. That has nothing to do with this person. No, but it does. Because if that person is uh, sending out an energy of anger or frustration, then the horse is getting frustrated in a heartbeat. It happens. It's, it's a... That's how it works. But you can see it if you watch the wild horses in a herd. 
the second that something happens that one horse is, is I think, afraid, then the other horse is afraid. They mm -hmm. are herd animals and they sense each other and, 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 and they react to that. So when they're with us, then we become a part of the herd and, and they sense us. So if we're working with them and if we are stressed just for a second, then our horse will act stressed for a second. If we are afraid, then they sense that they're not in doubt. Or if we're stressed. angry. If we're angry, then they will appear frustrated and angry, maybe a little in self-defense. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you for confirming what I thought was true. <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's natural and it happens all the time. So if I am dealing with a horse that has uh, an act, uh, is, is, is kicking or has aggression, then I have to be really in trust. I have to trust that horse because then I can change the energy. If I, if I go to it and I am aggressive myself or if I'm afraid, then the horse will get even more aggressive. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. How do you, you know, set, um, center yourself? Because, you know, we're not robots and things happen yeah. in life and life can be tough. And, yes. you know, so how do you get yourself? And if you can't, will you walk away and come back later? But how do you, you know, get to that place where you can go be with the horses and you're centered? Well, um, a part of it has to do with the years I was at the at the range in the States when I was young for three and a half years and I walked with the horses for maybe seven hours a day. And when I um, when I work with a horse, I go into that place. It sounds weird, but I go into that place and alone in the fields and with the horses that doesn't exist anything but these horses. I have to find that place in me. And also the teacher I had back then in this other park who I worked for. She had one rule. When the day came and I began to work with the horses, she said like this, Mia, if you are angry, you are homesick, you are sad, you feel depressed, you, you are not on top of, your, of yourself, you're not in the right state of mind, then that's your day off. Mm. You have to exactly tell me how do you feel today, because if you're not in the right state of mind, you can't work with my horses. And she learned that lesson to me. So every morning I learned to feel Hmm, how am I feeling today? Am I homesick? Am I stressed? Is something bothering me? I had to be able to realize how do I feel to be able to know that I was in the right state of mind to work with horses. And then later on, I worked with, okay, I have a problem. Something is bothering in my head. I'm stressed about what happened yesterday or something is, is taking, um, is taking my mind off. And I had to put it in that box and put it outside because I have to be centered and I have to be able to be a hundred percent alert when I work with the horses. Nothing else exists when I'm in the ring with the horse. Interesting. Yeah. How, how about people that you've worked with where you can tell that they're really struggling emotionally? How do you cross that or, or broach that kind of a subject when you're dealing with um, a person, you know, who's coming, who's coming in that way and they're having a problem with their horse. Yeah. Always when I'm working with horses, I also have to work with the people. But in the beginning, I would train the horse and I would change the state of mind from the horse, change the horse's behavior. And then I would have to teach it to the owner. And that's very much about you have to stand here, you have to close your eyes, you have to take a deep breath, you have to now see in front of your eyes before we're doing it what's going to happen you have to believe in this because 
if they believe it, then it's going to happen. If they have doubts, then the horse will do that, then the horse will go away. But also because in my method of training horses, I work with the horses free, without a lead rope, without a holder. You have to get enough leadership that the horse will choose to follow people and trot and walk and everything you do. So then it became very clear. If I ask the owner, walk with your horse, and the horse has no rope on, no holder on, and, and the owner doesn't have the right state of mind, she doesn't believe it, or she starts, or she's stressed for a while, then the horse will leave. So I have to teach the owners to, to um, stay alert, stay in the moment, be with the horse, and then the horse will follow them. So very soon, actually I do this with kids all the time, <clears throat> also uh, kids with different um, diagnoses. Very soon these kids are all people are learning to um, to mentally stay with the horses because they they learn if I don't send out the right energy, then the horse will leave, and they don't want the horse to leave. So so they they're, they're teaching, they're learning this, and also to be to um, to to learn to become a horse's leader, you have to use your body language. To really be able to show that I believe this much in myself, that you can depend on me. So you have to change your body language, you have to lift your shoulders up, you have to hold your head up high. And when you do that, then something happens also in your state of mind. Interesting, yeah. interesting. What yeah. a great thing for kids to learn very young how to do yeah. that. Yeah. Have you seen people, I mean, there, there are, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I always had a really strong connection with dogs. I just seem to understand how to get their respect, how to, you know, how to work with dogs. I just got them. I can't really even explain how that is. But um, when I try to, let's say, instill this in my mother, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so do you, do you think that, that there are people that just get um, animals in a different mm -hmm. way than other people do? Yes. Okay. I sense it especially with kids. Yeah. Right. How do you then help people that they just don't get it? They're not going to get it. <laughs> but you can help I them. Try. I keep trying because what I keep uh, thinking is I'm working for the horses. My mission is to change, um, to change the way that we handle horses. Mm. Because horses are so simple and, and so many things are going wrong in my opinion. So I have to keep trying. Right. Keep. That's your mission. That's my mission. Okay. I have, I have to make people open up their eyes and I do it all the time. I bring my students to shows around in big places and show people this can be done in a different way. Because even just like when I was a kid and, and went to the riding school and we used the bit and we do all these things. When I work with horses, I work with them free. When I ride them, I usually just only have a rope around their neck or the cordial. Or, or a bitless um, uh, hip thing. Yes, and, and horses are so sensitive animals that they feel a fly that lands on their butt where they have the most fat. I mean, they're so sensitive. Right. So if they want to listen, then they can listen to, to even no equipment at all. Then we can get full control of them. But if they don't want to listen, then we can use 20 bits million of rope and we can't hold them anyway because their instincts are too strong and they will run away because they're flight animals. So 
horses are living in herds and in the herds there is a natural hierarchy and there is a leader and that leader that uh, that um to become a leader we humans can become with the horses right. we can give the same body language we can sell them we are the leader and if we can achieve that leadership then we have horses that will will cooperate with us that will listen to every little thing we say that will if they become scared stand still and and, and wait for our signal is this dangerous or not we will have safe horses mm -hmm. yeah and, and even children can learn this okay i have a i have a technical question for you mm -hmm. how the heck do you get i've watched you do it on youtube how the heck do you yeah. get a horse to lay down <laughs> yeah because <laughs> Exactly, that's the leadership. You have to, if the horse listens to you and if it will follow the least signal and it has enough trust, then you can teach them anything. You can teach a horse to be a rat, you can teach a horse to lie down, doesn't matter. It's, it's, it, that's also a technique about it. I can lift their leg up, I can take their front leg a little, lift it up and push it a little back and then it will put the weight from the knee. And, and lie down and wait and then you can by a little signal show it how to lay down but mm. it's all about does the horse trust you enough then you will do it interesting interesting well i've watched you do it and they just do it and i and i've not tried it with my horse but um it that just utterly fast fascinates me because she will lay down in her stall or out in the field but the minute that any human comes near her she's up yeah yeah, because then she's alone. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I wanted to ask you the last question around anger when someone has anger and they don't even realize that it's really repressed, that it's there. And I know I know dogs can sense it because I've I've worked with a lot of um people in hospitals and a lot of kids that have disabilities of one kind or another. And uh, I've, I've had some experiences where people had that animal aggression underneath. Yeah. And yeah. I even had someone try to go after one of my dogs. And of course I jumped in and you know stopped yeah. that. But when you're dealing with someone that has that unrepressed anger or that repressed anger, sometimes they want to dominate an animal because that's- uh, Makes them feel in charge. Exactly. So, yeah. And I've, I've seen that. I've seen it with even really great animal people mm -hmm. um, in some ways then just take their anger out on this animal. So how do you... It happens start, all the time. Yeah. How, how is that? How do you deal with that kind of a situation with a human? I will try to talk to them and I will do it because of the pain that the horse are going through. But um, some people are really hard to reach. And these people that are having this behavior are in a really bad place with themselves. So it can be, it can be, uh, uh, it can be really difficult. Right. Very challenging. Yeah. But, but also, if I could just get to work with these people in a minute, because they can do that because they wear all of the equipment that they use. So they abuse the horse and they, yes. But if, if I could show them, you can do it a different way. When the horses are free, then the horses communicate so clear. They will say, if you do this, then I will walk away from you. If you hit me, I will kick you back because they're free to express themselves. 
That's what I teach people. Horses have a language, and if you do like this, then it will come with you, and if you cooperate, if you do like this, then the horse flunk up. So you have to be able to control your own state of mind. You have to give out the right energy, and then you will get um, you will get so much value back because the horse will cooperate with you, and it's the most beautiful thing in the world. But not all people in this world are open to do this because they think it's all about dominating, dominating the horse. It's forced right. the horse to do it. But in, 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 in my opinion, you can never force a horse to do anything. You have to make the horse choose it. And if you make them choose it, then, you're, then you can control them much better than you can with a million of ropes. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting coming into the world of horses uh, for me. And I live in a state, the state of Virginia. So, you know, it's a big horse. It's all about horses in Virginia. And um, being in this world where it's about the spurs, it's about the bits, it's yeah. about all these things. And I don't want to do that. I can take my horse out and um, I haven't ridden her bareback, but I can ride her just with a, a pad and a, and a, a halter. And she mm-hmm. was fantastic. She's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Yeah. And I think I don't want to take her. I actually said this to someone who was telling me what to do with the horse. And I have to do this and I have to do that. And I noticed every time they got near my horse, my horse got so nervous, she would start shaking. And so I got her off of that property. But um, I was saying to them, I don't want to take her on a ride, which she loves to go different places. My horse does. She can't wait to get in a trailer and go somewhere. I don't want to take her somewhere and then stick a bit in her mouth because to me, I feel like that's rude. Like, why would she enjoy, (laughs) why would she enjoy this ride with this thing in her mouth? I want her to really enjoy it. Exactly. And yeah. They argued with me about this, that I was ridiculous and I need to be afraid and all this stuff. And I went, okay, well, maybe I don't fit in in Virginia then. <laughs> no, but, but you, you don't fit in anywhere. That's, that's how it is. In Denmark, I've tried to make a difference for so long. Every year, that's like the biggest uh, horse event in, in, uh, in our country. It's like a big place where there's competitions going on and we can do different shows. And I bring my students there. Then I have like kids there from the age of 10 to maybe 80. And I have like 10 children running in a big arena with, with a free horse. The horse has nothing on. And then they run around and doing canter and walk and trot on the ground. And they get on their backs with just a rope on their neck and they ride beautiful dressage uh, or jumping or they're riding um, beautiful things. And, and people are saying, Oh, that's so dangerous what you're doing here. They have nothing on the horses. And, but all of my kids, they have control because they have leadership. Right. And when you look at the competition, jumping competition going on in the next arena, you see five people falling off and they are wearing saddles and they're wearing bits. And, right. and the horses have the white thing going on in their eyes and they're scared like death. And all my horses, they're calm, they're cantering, they're even right. run down. Um, so the world is. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's a bad thing, the, the whole conditioning thing, because people are using the horses like as a sports, uh, right. exit, uh, yeah, they just, just something that we have to use to gain our sport. And that's terrible. It's terrible. I know. And, and also documentary, it's, it's actually, um, proven that a lot of horses get injuries, injuries in their drawers. In the teeth and the skulls from the bit. And um, yes. 
and and it's horrible because they're not built it to wear a hand in their mouth and i feel like if we really have to to ride a horse and to force it that much that we have to use iron an iron stick in their mouth then we shouldn't probably ride at all <laughs> see that is how i have always been um about animals period but that we don't have to have this dominance yeah you can have this great i feel the same way about dogs although it is different with dogs where a horse doesn't uh, a, a mother horse does not bite the you know muzzle of their foal to get that animal to stop and dogs do that so there is obviously you know predator and prey behavior yeah. that's different yeah. you have to be more um a little different you know with well a lot different when you're working with a dog but but i i always felt like that well that's rude i, I don't want that horse no. to, you know and also it's not only rude now i work with behavioral problem horses and i've done that for so many years and every time somebody brings me a horse that is really like having a really bad behavior like it's it's rearing up or it's running the hell away or it's being hard to hold or it has no respect or something is really really uh, going on then 80 percent of the time the horses have something wrong with them the horse got an inflammation in their backs because it's been wearing a saddle that didn't exactly fit for a long time so the back is getting ruined mm. or the, the horse has a, a neck that's that's going something they have um, they're locked in some joints of their neck or they have an injury in their neck or the horse has injury in their drawers many horses have that or the horse has an ulcer and that's also what happens when horses are stressed being forced being um yeah being around uh, aggressive energy from yes they yes. develop an ulcer because they're sensitive animals they're hurt animals they feel each other so if one horse is stressed the other horse is stressed a lot of horses has ulcers and people don't know it so the horse is uh, when you put the girth on and the saddle on they all of a sudden uh, are getting explosive and then what do people do they probably beat them because this horse is not doing what i wanted to right barking with the saddle so then you hit the horse and the horse is just screaming out because it has a huge pain in the stomach it has no right yeah. right i'll tell you this 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 story you'll you'll get a kick out of it um I was uh, working with uh, with my horse and just learning. You know, I hadn't ridden horses since, since I was a kid, and I was. This is two years ago. I got a horse, and um, I was out at this property that she was at, and she had a uh, what is it called cellulitis, or mm -hmm. in in one of her legs, and she'd never had that before. But someone else was going to take her. This young girl, this teenager was going to take her because she's beautiful and she's had all this great training and whatever. And so this girl was going to take her. And then all of a sudden she developed cellulitis and they thought she was lame. So they, yeah. they said, oh, well, we don't want her. You know, she should just be dog food, whatever. And I said, I'll take her. So um, within a week of me getting her, she, it was gone, you know, the, the cellulitis was gone and I had the vet come out and everything. And she's never had a problem since then. And I thought she was smart. She did not want that girl to take her. Exactly. <laughs> they asked her. Yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah. I I mean, once, yeah. I once worked with a horse that had been training and uh, every time the owner got on the back of this horse, then the, then the horse was lame. The horse was like limping, really. Mm. 
so do talk at all and then the horse was walking without a limp. <laughs> the right. owner got on and it was limping. So we had the x-rays done, we did the scanning, we were checking it out completely and, and then it was a behavioral problem. <laughs> the horse didn't like to be limp. Interesting, interesting. So we had to change that and then the horse stopped being limp. Oh, well, I could talk to you all day and I literally could sit with my horse and a bunch of horses all day and stare at my little puppies all day. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's the world I prefer to be in. But um, thank you so much for, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of yours. And so when uh, I reached out to my assistant and said, can you please see if she'll <laughs> come on? And then I saw you on my schedule. I went, oh, <gasps> Yeah. And I interview so many people. And so it's rare that I fangirl over someone, but I definitely do that about you. So I, and I really love, absolutely resonate with the way that you feel about horses and the way you work with them just is amazing. So anything I can do to support your work, my network. Thank will you. Do. Thank you. In 2011, I did a project where I went to the States and I worked with the wild mustangs. I think and, I uh, saw that. Didn't wasn't some of it on YouTube? It was some, some a, a, a little a, one clip was on YouTube, but the only okay. it's going to come out. I've my, seen every movie. clip. Of yeah, the, every clip I've watched of yours. Yeah, and got films. Yeah. So when is the film, when is the film coming out? Oh, I, I'm I'm um, what what was the plan? Was I was going to film it and I was going to put it to a TV station because I wanted to get the method out there so people could see it. But I didn't manage to get it sold, so instead now I've got all the little clips edited and it's going to be on my website. Oh, fantastic! So well, tell thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I know how it goes with the film world. We did a whole yeah. film about mental health and then the film company ran off with the footage even though they were paid so i get it with films it can be such a pain in the rear you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. people get uh, egotistical when it comes to film work mm -hmm. um and it's just kind of insane but um tell our listeners tell my listeners where they can find more information about you well you can go to my website my website it's um mia no, it's when, uh, let's just do that over again, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's you, can fine. To, you can go to my website, it's uh, whenhorsesjuice.com or mialuckenilson.com. Awesome. Well, Mia, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. And thank you for letting me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive. 
Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. I-